Hello, and welcome to Real Beasts during this holiday season. Today, we have a not-at-all holiday-themed film. In fact, it is a film that was released in the year 1993, which is the year after I was born and the year that David was born. It's the year I was released in theaters. <laughs> <laughs> and it is known as, or perhaps not known as, being 1993's other dinosaur movie because it came out like a month before <laughs> Jurassic Park. That's right. <laughs> and in fact, I think that part of the release attempts here to get the movie out as fast as possible was to sort of capitalize on Jurassic Park's vastly superior marketing and just mm. be like, hey, we also have a dinosaur movie to whet your appetite maybe get a few more butts in seats. And this movie is called Carnosaur. Carnosaur. The 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 movie that I, I think Ben you mentioned you also saw this movie as a kid. The cover of the movie in like video stores back when you would walk yep. into a So I've seen shop the, and... I've seen the cover <laughs> at Blockbusters, actual yeah. Blockbuster video stores and also when i would watch vhs's of other movies that came out in the early 90s i would see oh, the trailer for carnosaur yeah. and i was always yeah, like yeah. what the heck is this freaking movie but for some reason i was never like pushed over the edge to figure it out plus maybe my parents were hiding it from me because they knew it was like a rated r body horror bizarro movie yeah but i was convinced <laughs> that i had never seen it but then a few points in the movie today were releasing some buried memories where i'm like i think i have seen this what a bizarre seen, movie we've now seen so many dinosaur movies like in our life prior to doing this podcast but now especially doing this podcast for almost a year uh this, at some point it all blends together <laughs> yeah well this one it's it involves fevers and it also is basically like a fever dream of a movie. That is for damn sure. It yeah. is certainly B-movie material, but it 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 had enough surprises and and I think interesting things going on with the with the story and why these dinosaurs are back that it did. I mean it it de it certainly held my interest. I was laughing at this movie, not with this movie for quite a bit of it. <laughs> And I approve but... of certain aspects of this movie because they sure do have a lot of puns. They really do. Most Pretty of much the budget every went character. to puns. Yeah, the pun budget. I, that's like my dream job. But like, yeah, I think that there's no better way of getting into this than getting into it. In fact, Let's David, into it. perhaps you can give the sort of online Uber summary just to oh, yeah. get yes. a people a sense of just how bizarro and bananas this movie is. And then we'll kind of expand a little bit from there and it'll only get more bizarre as we yeah, go deeper. Totally. Yeah. So I, I want to, I'm, I'm going to read the little bio just from the Google search of this movie. Cause I think it gives a pretty good description, but then I also want to talk about the IMDB description. We'll get to that after, <laughs> but first <clears throat> carnosaur. When nefarious geneticist Dr. Jane Trip, <laughs> it's really a Dr. Jane Tiptree is her go. name. It's a tough name. When nefarious geneticist Dr. Jane Tiptree plots to wipe out all humans and replace them with flesh-eating dinosaurs, <laughs> it's up to security guard Doc Smith to stop her. As Jane plans to release her dangerous prehistoric creations, one of them accidentally kills a number of environmental activists as well as Doc's <laughs> friend, Anne Thrush. Dodging deadly dinosaurs left and right, Doc must somehow prevent Jane's plans from coming to fruition. So the thing is, David, that's not even right. It it's, doesn't kill it's Thrush. Not. It doesn't kill Anne Thrush. It doesn't. Yeah, unbelievable. It's... And also, man, th this movie had too many things going on all at the same time, the whole time. Like nothing, no crisis that they ran into was solved so they could get to the next one. Every single crisis just continued for the full hour and 22 minutes that this movie went on, which left me feeling like which problem is the, is the priority in this moment? It totally. was, it was a lot, but before we continue, I, I want to, I want to read the, 
the IMDb description of this movie because it's it's very funny. It just says genetically that a genetically manipulated and very hungry dinosaur escapes from a bioengineering company and wreaks havoc on the local desert town. A security guard and a girl environmentalist try to stop both it and the company's doomsday bioweapon. And I just wanted to point out there can't be environmentalists that are women unless you specifically call them girl environment. Well, the funniest part about that, in addition, is that when, as we'll get to in a moment, Doc Smith detains Anne Thrush, the girl environmentalist, <laughs> yeah. he says, yeah, I've got a girl here. And she's like, a woman. Yeah. He's like, oh, okay. And yet IMDb <laughs> pays no mind to that. <laughs> yeah. The oh, character dear. herself even corrects someone else. Man. This movie is a lot. So let's 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 start picking it apart. Yeah. With this... the keep in mind nobody ever makes a bad movie on purpose. Well, that's not necessarily true, but most people most of the time put their heart and soul into movies and whether they're good or bad or ugly, there's still a lot of passion that went into it. So, now let's mercilessly take this film apart. Yeah. Um, ben how does this movie start us out? Okay. <laughs> so there is Dr. Jane Tiptree, which is a play on the tips of phylogenetic trees, I imagine, because she's a geneticist. Mm -hmm. she what is a phylogenetic tree? That is a tree of life that shows the relationships between living things and how their ancestry compares to one another. Aha. Uh -huh. Yes, we, I, we've probably all seen graphics and, and pictures of, of these things. Yeah, just picture a tree of life. Very, very useful in a number of ways. But Dr. Jane Tiptree, she has disappeared into some little corner, secretive corner of professional life to do research for the Eunice Corporation. And she kind of signed some contract with them where they couldn't interfere with any of her research on yeah. chickens. But DARPA... Mm -hmm is like, hold on just a second. Why is this world-renowned geneticist working silently on chickens? That seems suspicious. Yeah. But the company, the Eunice Corporation, can't investigate because that would be in breach of their contract. And all of this research that she's doing is taking place near her lab in the small town of Climax, Nevada. Amazing. Where there is a chicken factory farm. Mm-hmm. And also lots of workers who are coming down with flu-like symptoms. Again, this just gives a bit of a preview into how there's like 15 plots going mm -hmm. on at the same time. But they all yeah. connect. They do all connect, but it is like, okay, like as you're getting introduced to people, you're like, okay, people keep coughing. That seems to be part of it. They're, they're mentioning that. So I got to keep that in mind. Who This geneticist is also doing this stuff, but she's mysterious. And also there's this, the like FEMA is also here to like investigate her and find out what's going on. Like what? Okay. Yeah. I think there's Just DARPA the first 10 minutes, and there's FEMA. Like multiple things happening. <laughs> yeah. There's a whole lot. And near this quarry that is owned by the Eunice corporation, there is a watchman named Doc Smith, who's just a dude that drinks himself to sleep every day and wears his hat and sunglasses inside and smokes at the same time and otherwise mm -hmm. lives a wholesome life. Yeah. He is protecting the excavation equipment from roving young idealistic environmentalists who will yeah. every now and again come in to try to either drive away the equipment or basically chain themselves to it. Yeah. And bunch of, of the, hippies. Yeah, exactly. And it's you know some actually like strangely salient points about environmental destruction coming from an early 90s film. Yeah. Where they make a lot of good points, but they also play on the stereotypes of those sorts of people constantly saying, like, they're all vegetarians and they're all this and that. And yeah, pretty classic stuff. But it's it's definitely uh, not the wittiest <laughs> dialogue that we've ever seen. <laughs> no, certainly not. It's it's very surface level, stereotypical stuff. But mm -hmm. some of it is actually kind of funny, I think. Some of it is funny. I think a lot of it is funny without it, without trying to be funny. Um, which is great. I love it. Yeah. Uh, but there are some legitimately good jokes in here. And, and I think you're right. They, at one point, the, what's her name? Thrush, one of these environmental activists 
is talking about the area they're in and why they're disappointed that they're mining it because it's an old dinosaur migration path. Yeah. And she says, imagine it 60 million years ago. Why can't, David, everyone just stop for a second. Why can't any of these goddamn fucking movies just say a number of millions of years ago that actually is in the age of dinosaurs? I mean, how challenging is that? I simply don't understand. Why can't they just say a number that is in the age of dinosaurs? Why? It's too hard. The, the 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 budget wasn't there for them to say 65 million <sighs> instead of 60 million. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a curious thing to me because it seems so easy to do and so almost deliberate that movies don't do it. Yeah, it's, I don't, it's I don't amazing. Get it. It's anyway, amazing. While... They didn't have Jack Horner advising this one. No, they certainly the, did not. The no. other dinosaur movie of this year. <laughs> yeah, they certainly did not. And so, anyway, there's a lot of these factory farm chickens being carted around, but while in transport, one of these chicken eggs, I suppose, hatches some brutal reptilian creature that kills the driver, mangles the driver, and then escapes Mm -hmm. out into the wilderness. Meanwhile, that trespasser environmentalist, I guess, let's say environmentalist rather than trespasser, uh, (laughs) and thrush (laughs) is detained by sheriff, or excuse me, by Doc, so Doc, the Night Watch, detains mm-hmm. Thrush because he catches her there. Thrush mm-hmm. is a bird name. This movie revolves around a lot of grotesque chicken and bird-related activities. Yes. And, and the so- goddamn sheriff is named Sheriff Fowler <laughs> Yeah, in town. It's great. I so, also... Yeah. Oh I didn't realize it watching this movie, but a lot of characters have bird names. A lot. A lot of them. Like most It was of them. very hard to keep track of during the movie because the, well, we, we watched this on YouTube. It's free on YouTube if anyone wants to watch it. Um, but it's very low quality. It's hard to see anything. It looks like it was shot like it was made for TV in the early 90s. So pretty low quality. And then the YouTube version we saw was low quality. But like, listen to these names. Thrush, uh, Dr. Sterling Raven, Swanson, Peregrine, Vogel, I think is is bird in in German. <laughs> and uh, even Jesse Paloma, Paloma's bird. Yeah, Susan Mallard, Doctor or Lieutenant Colonel Wren, like oh it's it's everybody. There's a guy named Jay. Like <laughs> everybody's a bird. Everybody which, is a bird. At least they're making that connection. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'll I'll hit the accelerator on the plot synopsis just to get to the good stuff. But essentially what goes on is that this dino chicken has emerged from this egg, is growing, and starts to dispatch more and more people in this town. Meanwhile, mm. more and more people are becoming ill with this flu-like illness. And then there are these intermittent pop-ups on the screen that show what percentage of the population this is spread to, or I guess what percentage of the genetic code oh, of, that's of right. their own bodies it has infiltrated. So it adds a little bit of an air of unsettlingness in the pandemic era. Also, everyone's hi- kind of hygiene is terrible. But yeah. there are increasingly <laughs> gruesome killings. More people in town, including the sheriff and the doc, are kind of encountering these bodies. And also there is an actual doctor who looks at the bodies and says, like, what the heck is this? being caused by and tries to send for some help farther away yeah. noticing that you know initially they think maybe it's like a bobcat or something which will come back at the end but tisn't it is some kind of raptorial dinosaur that i don't think is named in the movie that has come from the chickens meanwhile even the chicken eggs themselves are basically like corrupted with this genetic modification they're all gross and rotten and hatching reptiles left and right yeah so this, this scientist has really been doing a lot of work without yeah, anybody sure knowing. <laughs> yeah, DARPA is very concerned about this, and they start to investigate. But basically mm-hmm. what happens is Doc, with Thrush kind of back at his place, just because he kind of takes a liking to Thrush, he doesn't turn her in when he could and tries to figure out what's going on with her help, kind of. But he finds a dead body, and then he calls into the Eunice Corporation to go talk to tip tree 
by saying, hey, I've killed the reptilian beast. But really, he's he has the body of a victim underneath. Mm-hmm. And this is Trojan horse kind of thing or just yeah, a trick. It's in a body bag. It's in a body bag. So he says, he's got to let me in. It's alive. I have it. But then he just, you know, they open it up. It's a dead body. And he kind of interviews Tiptree at gunpoint. She doesn't really seem to care at all that this is happening and proceeds to yeah. very leisurely, very slowly reveal the situation. Yeah. Very slowly. Very slowly. There's a lot of exposition in this movie. Um, and in not just like it's a lot of exposition, but it's done very slowly too, on top yeah. of there being a lot of ground cover. <laughs> totally. And like in the intervening time, many brutal deaths have happened, including a lot of the mm. activists that chained themselves, including Thrush, to that digger equipment, and they mm. all got eviscerated except for thrush who hid inside and seemed to escape yeah but, uh, it's sort of an interesting moment when these environmental activists chain themselves to the vehicles not realizing there's a dinosaur out there and maybe you don't want to be chained up outside yeah. right now <laughs> and i mean these are brutal like the thing-esque death oh yeah like this they get a... ripped limb from limb uh-huh. on camera yeah, People it's are a lot of great practical effects and decapitated. Mm-hmm. It's brutal. It's so good. This really was. I I I had no expectations coming into this movie. I really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. But it it turned out to be an awesome like '80s kind of slasher horror movie. It it was it was great in the way that like Evil Dead is great. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's got this like level of well blood and gore that feels right given the kind of animal that is attacking everyone and it also they just like lean into it and make it really crazy looking which i think is one of the things that like even though there's a lot of like weird like very sudden changes in characters like thrush and doc becoming instant friends because she was trying to mess with stuff that he his job is to protect it like they became friends so fast and i was like i don't buy it but okay let's see where this well goes. it's literally just like doc <laughs> is like hmm this activist is attractive no it's literally it's very male gazy yeah the yeah, way that they portray that's it yeah him and thrush becoming sudden friends and it's like yeah it's very silly um but I think this movie makes up for the the silliness of the characters and and the the situations with the the horror moments, which, yeah. which are great and and really fun. There are some funny moments where they're cutting from like Diane Ladd, who plays Dr. Jane Tiptree, this biogeneticist. Diane Ladd is giving this monologue about, oh, I, I, I'm. Well, we can talk about what her actual plan is in a second, but <laughs> she really get it, gets into it. She's one of the best characters in this She's whole good. movie. She's but good. then it keeps cutting back to dinosaurs eating people and yeah. then back to her going, you know, humans are garbage. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, I mean, chaos ensues in the town. More and more people are getting sick with this flu-like illness and getting bad mm-hmm, fevers. Mm-hmm. And it seems to be spreading like wildfire. And then David, as... <laughs> Doc is basically walking around the lab with Tiptree at gunpoint. What does she reveal about her master plan? Uh, she Well, she basically reveals that her entire plan is to repopulate the earth with dinosaurs uh-huh. and do but... away with humans. By means of? By means of having all of... So this illness... <laughs> She's basically infecting women with this illness so that women will give birth to dinosaurs and also then all die (laughs) so that there are only human men left and they cannot perpetuate the human species. There is a conversation at one point where some of the scientists are like, well, actually, with current technology, men would probably be able to continue humanity and some of the we other can use artificial like, wombs. That's not the point, man. This plan of hers is working. <laughs> All these women are dying and giving birth to dinosaurs. What the fuck is going? You're and you're like, oh, it's probably fine. We don't need women to, yeah, it's grow people in a lab. 
it's pretty <laughs> unbelievable that by means of the chicken eggs, so not only are there eggs hatching dinosaurs straight up, but there are also chicken eggs infecting everyone in this town with this virus. Yeah. And it does affect men. It does make them sick, but they aren't birthing dinosaurs. They aren't birthing dinosaurs. Like every yeah. scene where one of the women births a dinosaur is genuinely hard to watch. It's I mean, oh, it's insane. It's like the alien chest burster, but it's a giving birth to a dinosaur and they all die immediately. And yeah, and then they die and then the dinosaur eats them or runs off and eats their next victim. It's crazy. This movie is very hardcore and violent and and brutal in the way that all the best like 80s slasher gory type horror movies are. Um and I think because I'm used to like very cutesy depictions of dinosaurs or at the very least like they're even in Jurassic Park like it's pretty it's PG-13. It's pretty yeah. tame in terms of the violence. This movie is not tame. If they no. they go full on like you're going to witness some horrific atrocities perpetuated by a car a carnosaur. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about how cockamamie this plan is though. Geneticists oh, goes from being prominent, disappears, works uh -huh. on chickens in a small town called Climax. Uh-huh. Releases a bunch of infected eggs onto the town. People eat and or touch and or are around the infected eggs. And mm -hmm. they either get sick and birth a dinosaur or are killed by actual dinosaurs that are already around. She mm -hmm. didn't pick one of these lanes here. She just chose all of them. Yeah. And honestly, that's why Dr. Jane Tiptree's plan will work. Yeah, it's just overwhelming with options. It's just there's no way to, to handle it when there's so many things going on. But, it's so crazy. And oh, my this gosh. this is all happening at once. That's another reason yeah. this movie is hard to follow because it's all happening at once and you're cutting between three or four different locations all at the same time throughout this whole movie. Yeah. Like we're cutting between Tip Tree and Doc to the the sheriff to what Thrush is doing and the other environmental activists to these other doctors who are like trying to investigate what is even happening. It's like, there's all of these different things all up in the air, all these spinning plates. And it's, it's, it's not edited or written well enough for it all to function well. Yeah. Even there's even the guy at a story is interesting. <laughs> yeah. There's even the guy at, I either DARPA or Eunice somewhere higher up. I think it's DARPA who's like mm -hmm. feeding some dude genetically modified blueberry pie. Oh yeah. I and forgot he's, about he's that. He's leaning on the table. He's like on like not leaning. He is prostrate on the table in front of this guy <laughs> saying, Have you ever tasted a juicier, more delicious blueberry in your life? And he's pitching this to some person who might fund something or I don't know what. And yeah. And he goes on to say, like, imagine this could be shelf-stable for 18 months with no refrigeration. It's the tastiest <laughs> blueberry. And the way we do it is we have goat embryonic fluid on the outside of them. And the dude just, like, spits out all the pie. Yeah. And it's just like, holy cow, there's so much going on right now. But speaking it's, of which. It's great. <laughs> as Doc is desperately trying to get to the bottom of this problem, the government learns about this issue going on in this small town and they just issue a like 007 license to kill to just kill yeah. everyone in this entire town. They're like in this they, entire town. They basically send in the 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 CDA, the Child Detection Agency from Mo Monsters Inc. They're all like dressed up in these like full on full PPE gowns and everything yeah. with with masks and and machine guns. And they come in and they're like, are you infected? And they just kill everybody who's Yeah, who it doesn't even matter infected. if they're infected or not. And like it's the, nuts. and they also like they shoot everyone like sixteen times in the stomach. It, like just oh, yeah. awful. It's, it's unbelievable. It's and also as the dinosaurs are also killing the townspeople. So yeah. the government and the dinosaur is out there killing yeah. people. In the meantime, Dr. Jane Tiptree is still explaining her plan. <laughs> there is a a very inside joke from some of my friends that used to play video games together back in high school. But my friend Adam, <laughs> I wonder if he will ever listen to this episode. My friend Adam, great guy, 
we were playing and we were like, Adam, Adam, where are the enemies? And it was so overwhelming in that game that he just, like, you hear the mic rustling on his end, just, and he just goes, uh, all possible angles. All possible angles. <laughs> That's what this movie is. There's viruses and dinosaurs uh-huh. and government agents left and right. Yeah. There is something to get everyone at all times. And yeah, just to add insult to injury, in Tiptree's lab, there is a Tron-style laser room that has a oh, T-Rex yeah. at the end of it. Which has another T-Rex. The, the big one. Yeah. It's like the one that's running around town just hatched you know, earlier that day and it's growing in impossibly fast. But then there's this big one at Jane, Jane Tiptree's lab. And why is it in a laser room? What it's is going on? Very with that? unclear. It was so confusing. It looked yeah. cool. And, and like, Tiptree like brings people to their death by walking them down that corridor <laughs> into the she's T-Rex. Really, it's unbelievable. Executing members of her own staff who piss her off or don't do what she needs them to do by luring them into this room where she keeps her T-Rex. Yeah. Or Carnosaur. I guess it's a Carnosaur. Oh, it's we'll really not it. clear. They don't even talk about it. They never say what they what are. We're only seeing in retrospect, people have retroactively labeled the dinosaur running around town as a Deinonychus and the big dinosaur in that room is a T-Rex. But we'll get into what a Carnosaur is in just a moment. We're almost done with this movie in terms oh, of plot. Man. Not in terms of unpacking it, but in terms of plot. <laughs> so one of the best lines is when Doc is getting a little bit impatient with this slow-ass explanation from Tiptree here. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, starts to shoot the eggs of these beloved yeah. dinosaurs that she has. Her babies. And he's just like, I know you've got some kind of serum here. What is the, what's the line, David? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. He's like, you and I both know if this is a, a <laughs> what the fuck does he call it? You and I both know if this is a raw viral uh genetic code there's obviously a raw serum it's like first of all you're a night watchman for a mining company for some reason called doc what do you know about (laughs) biogenetics and why do you and the world-renowned biogeneticist both know this wouldn't she know it and you would have no idea what the fuck's going on yeah. Is Doc secretly also a biogeneticist and he's Maybe. been privy to this the whole time? Doc kind of reminds me of uh, Doc kind of reminds me of Hopper from Stranger Things. <laughs> like a little bit. I totally yeah, I see yeah. it. A very yeah, a like a flawed character. hero kind Way of Way less fun than Hopper is. Yeah. But but definitely, yeah, in the same in the same vein. But of course, yeah, Tiptree succumbs and says, Yes, there is. He goes and gets it. But what this serum is, it's not even an antidote to the virus. It's just like something that you could make an antidote with the virus from. Mm-hmm. Something like that. But that like doesn't that. matter to old Doc. <laughs> no, Doc's like, oh, that's good enough for me. And Tiptree is like, it doesn't matter. It's too late. It doesn't matter. It's too late. It doesn't matter. It's too late. She said like 15 times. Yeah, she says a bunch of times. <laughs> they help deliver one of those terrible dinosaur babies with one of her staff. And then... That actually happened before he gets the serum. But then freaking Doc walks, instead of out the way he came, down the goddamn Tyrannosaur Tron corridor. Yeah. And has to escape the T-Rex just because they're like, oh, we made this animatronic. We might as well give them more opportunity to use it. Yeah. And he did uh, shoot out the lasers that were keeping the T-Rex in its little laser Tron chamber. And so now the the big T-Rex is out because you always got to let the big T-Rex out in these movies. Yep. You got to let the big T-Rex out and let the right one in. (laughs) Exactly. That's what that movie's about, right? That's a great movie. Yeah, (laughs) I'm pretty sure that's what it's about. (laughs) And then right when he leaves, because he does escape, Tiptree, who is herself infected, succumbs to the virus, gives Mm -hmm. birth to a dinosaur, but she does it alien style by ripping her own stomach open and revealing the dinosaur. I don't understand how she did that, but whatever. Yeah, I thought at one point she's like looking down at her at her stomach and she like pokes her fingers in and pulls apart. And I straight up thought she was just like looking in her belly button. And I was like, what the fuck is happening in this movie? I don't understand anything that's going on, 
the plot moves so fast and also like so slow at the same time somehow what is happening and then she pulled farther and the and it came out and it really is just like alien it pops out her belly and i was like oh she's she's giving herself a c-section with her own hands that just insane. yeah because that's the thing you can do yeah but this movie is bonkers it has a 10 percent tomato meter score but a 23 percent audience score uh to put it in perspective well, at least they didn't infect the tomatoes, only the eggs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Holy cow. But then poor Sheriff Fowler gets got by the dinosaur, meanwhile, in town. He does. But in he kills it. Fashion. Yeah, he kills it, but he comes up to it and the literally shoots it. This is the little one. Yes, the little one. He shoots it, and then he just like walks up to it to do the dramatic, like, oh, yeah. finally we were rid the of this beast tap. in town. And then, you know, of course, the... it gets the last dig at him, which by last dig means completely impales him, and then they both go down together. Yeah. But holy cow. But now this is all setting up. Doc running back with the serum that does God knows what, back to poor Thrush, who is still in his little trailer. Mm -hmm. And then I actually thought that he injects her with this here to revive her, but he doesn't. He just wakes her up, and he asks how she's feeling, and she's like, bad. Then the T-Rex attacks, and they they fight it with the industrial equipment that they have, the construction equipment, which reminds us a lot of aliens. Yes. Also, um, you're right. I didn't even think about the connection of aliens with, with the construction equipment fighting the big beast. That's a good point. But also, at the beginning of this movie, one of the scientists is like, what could be attacking these townspeople? Maybe mm-hmm. a big bobcat? Uh-huh. And then at this point, they jump in the forklift, you know, little bulldozer thing, and it's a bobcat. It's brand. a bobcat. Bulldozer, oh, yeah. Full which circle. I think was was like a little great addition. They didn't have to do that, but they did it, and it was it was fun. <laughs> Absolutely. But unlike the remarkable heroine Ripley in the Alien series, God Thrush Ripley. immediately like kind of knocks herself out operating this piece of machinery and she has like 100 million degree fever so yeah it's not really clear what happens to her but she is uh as as many female characters in the 80s movies are she's useless yeah so she doesn't she just kind of knocks herself out and of course doc has to go pilot it impales the dinosaur the day is saved he then finally finally injects thrush with the serum which again yes, is not a cure is not but is antidote. just a thing that could be made into an antidote and then she just kind of goes to sleep doc it's calls sort of like it's sort of like if we just took the the mrna and injected everyone with that instead of creating a vaccine out of mrna right for covid yeah it's like just not like it's, it's not, not coding for the spike like protein. That. It's just like, yeah, this is just some mRNA. Yeah. <laughs> this could be used to make the vaccine, but we'll just skip that part. We'll just give you this right now. Yeah, we'll just give, we have Problem. this now. It's great. Let's just do it. And oh then God. freaking Doc calls for backup, basically, and gets a hold of some of the government people mm-hmm. who promptly come in, shoot him, and then flamethrower both Thrush and him and burn them and the movie ends. Yep. What? Yeah. And there you have it. The day is saved, <laughs> but not for anyone in the town of Climax, Nevada. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So Climax is basically everyone in this whole town is killed by the government. Yeah. By the government, by the disease, or by a dinosaur. Yes. Y- yeah. Exactly. Many women had birthed dinosaurs, which presumably will all be destroyed now, but maybe not. Who knows? Yeah, it's not really clear... They they don't really mention the fact that lots of women were giving birth to lots of dinosaurs. They just sort of show us the one, the whatever, the raptor one, and then the big T-Rex. And both of those were defeated. Yeah, so there's plenty of little embryo dinosaurs that we see with these terrible birthing Mm -hmm. scenes. However, there really are only two dinosaurs in the movie. Yeah, that's true. Which are just the the big T-Rex and the, the... Whatever that other thing is. What'd we say? Deinonychus? Yeah, it's, it's not, some it's some yeah, Deinonychus adjacent <laughs> yeah. weird <laughs> puppet dinosaur. Yeah, it's the bargain brand 
<laughs> the thing that really surprised me about this movie, I'm I'm very relieved to have the I thought it was worth talking about the plot this time because it just is so ridiculous that it's it's, so wild. if we started talking about any of these elements without giving that, nobody would know what we were talking about. Yeah. I barely even knew like the movie ended when I was watching it and I was like, what? What even happened? What was the problem these characters had to solve? It seemed like there were 20 different problems and they solved two of them and then the movie ended. But like, what What about this virus that's still definitely out there? What about those other dinosaurs that these human women gave birth to that are definitely still out there? Why is the government just murdering this whole town? Yeah. Why, like, I mean, we've now lived through almost two years of a pandemic ourselves. I do believe that the government would just be like, there's an infection over there. Just blow up the town. Yeah, but they don't do that. It seems like that would be like almost the more humane way. I don't know. I'm not even going to go down that road because none of it is very appealing <laughs> at all. Yeah. It's um, a bleak movie. It's a it's very so bleak. bleak. Movie. I was shocked by it. In fact, it's even influencing the way that I'm thinking about it now. I was really not expecting, first of all, the sheer gruesomeness. The fact yeah. that they take like, of admittedly people who are often the butt of jokes in films such as this, which are like the idealistic youths, mm-hmm. but they take their ideas, bring their ideas up saying, you know, we believe in a world in which you shouldn't build over some of these historic places and pollute the environment. Mm-hmm. And they brutally dispatch all of them, but yep. they also brutally dispatch the people who are in charge of coming up with this plan in the first place yeah. and the people trying to stop it. Yeah. So it's just and the all people around who work the mine yep. and the people who work at the chicken factory, yep. the egg factory. Uh-huh. Everyone gets murdered by, yeah. I guess the government. So what's the message of this movie? Don't eat eggs. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> it's just watch out for eggs. You'll get, yeah dinosaur flu it's worse than bird flu (laughs) it's much worse much much worse and i think there's something i i I actually think that it's important that tip tree is played by a woman because i think that there would be like a really really cynical misogyny about the way that all these women are dying if it wasn't framed in this sort of act of creation and rebirth, literal rebirth that Tip Tree has envisioned in her head and that yeah. she subjects herself to as well. I feel yeah. like that changes the flavor of it quite a bit and that makes Tip Tree the most interesting character in the movie because yeah. she is not some person bent on world domination. She actually just wants to basically clean slate the planet. And she says like, this world wasn't built for us. It was built for the dinosaur. Mm-hmm. We are but ants upon this planet. Basically saying that like the earth's too big for people. Mm-hmm. We kind of have yeah, she bigger really, time. Like, what? But it's okay. fascinating how like she sort of lines up with the environmental activists that are all killed by this doctor's creation. But she sort of agrees with them because her big bone to pick with uh oh that, that was an unintentional uh-huh. pun. Um but her big bone to pick was that humans are ruining everything, which is funny seeing a movie saying that about humans in 1993. And now here we are almost 30 years later going, hey, humans are still doing that. And it's it's getting much, much worse every day. Maybe we should stop. Maybe Tip Tree was right. Maybe she should just replace humans with more dinosaurs and the world would go back. Lord knows we need uh, large megafauna grazers and other creatures oh, yeah. to uh, bring our eco- ecological network back into focus. My goodness. Yeah. But yeah, her whole point is like humans have destroyed everything. Humans are not the rulers of this world and we never were supposed to be. So bring the dinos back to put us in check. And by check, I mean, kill all of us, every single one. <laughs> Yeah, pretty remarkable. And there are so many scientific parallels that I think are worth getting into in just a moment once we sort of conclude with the human characters. But Mm -hmm. yeah, remarkably bleak, 
outlook that this movie seems to have. (laughs) But in a way, you know, I think the idea is to create something that is sort of self-contained, literally in this town, and that you could make a sequel because we have this premise set up. We have all these dinosaurs theoretically running around this town that the government might not have caught all of. But Mm. from a human perspective, there's no story anymore because none of these people can say what happened here, which kind of leaves things open-ended in terms of preventing all of that from being a dead end. That's true. And this, and this movie did spawn some, some sequels. There's a Carnosaur 2, a Carnosaur 3 primal species. Oh boy. And according to the Wikipedia page for this movie, there's also two official spinoffs, a movie called Raptor and a movie called The Eden Formula. So oh boy. clearly there was more story to be told because all of more these like the died Eaton the, formula. There was still stuff out there. The Eaton formula. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Also, I, I do want to get into the science, but the last thing I want to mention about these characters is that it's not just important that it is a, a woman actor, a, a, a lady, an actress, if you will, playing Dr. Jane Tiptree. But which woman is it? Who is this person, Ben? I did not know this until you just told me <laughs> right before we started recording. Yes. So, Diane Ladd, uh-huh. who plays Dr. Jane Tiptree, is the literal, actual human mother <laughs> of Laura Dern, Dr. Of Sadler Laura from Dern. Jurassic Park. So... 1993 was a mother-daughter dinosaur year for Diane Ladd and Laura Dern, and I'm so happy for them because that just was probably a fun uh, holiday party at the end of 93. Holy <laughs> cow. acted our asses that? off in these movies. Diane Ladd was the best part of this movie. Definitely. Hands Definitely down. Like, she really sold her character more so than any other actor in this whole movie. She, she killed it. She was great. Yeah. However, tremendous. I now am convinced that Laura Dern is in real life a carnosaur. A dinosaur, yeah. Definitely. And has been putting a tall woman disguise on. <laughs> it must be true if we were to believe this film, which we are not actually, based on what I'm about to say. Yeah, so let's get into this. So the movie is called Carnosaur. Yes. But they only say, bring back the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. They never specify any particular species uh-huh. at all. And the the effects, the puppets, the animatronics that they use in this movie all look pretty good. I think this it, they did great, you know, in terms of the filmmaking aspect. This movie looks awesome. But then, is it awesome? Well, this stems from this interesting conundrum, which is what is a carnosaur anyway? And back in the early 90s and in the dinosaur books that I was learning from as a kid, a carnosaur was defined as a large meat-eating dinosaur that generally has certain features in its body, a big head, sharp teeth, small arms. But you know what, David? It was a grouping based on how these dinosaurs looked, which often has to do with who they're related to. But it turns Mm -hmm. out in this case, it doesn't actually have much to do with who they're related to. So the definition of carnosaur has been evolving quite a bit over the last couple of decades and it means something very different to what it used to mean back in the early 90s for example a tyrannosaur would be a carnosaur it is a big meat-eating dinosaur with small arms and sharp teeth and a big head Mm -hmm. but that didn't take into account what we then learned about where they came from so instead of just classifying all the big meat eaters together we now know that tyrannosaurs evolved from small carnivorous dinosaurs that wouldn't have been classified as carnosaurs. So then we created a new definition for carnosaur that had to do with who they actually were and not what they looked like. Mm. So the new definition of carnosaur had centered on Allosaurus and its kin. So Allosaurus and its close kin were considered carnosaurs. Carnosaurs just mean meat reptiles. They're just Mm -hmm. meat-eating reptiles like chile con carne. So that's, that's where Carnosaur, that's where what it became. And then more recently than that, even, it was suggested in a paper that Carnosauria could include the Megalosaurs and their relatives. Megalosaurus, one of the first dinosaurs ever described. It has oh, a yes. 
The yeah, one fairly they, diverse group. They had tea in the statue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So it expanded that a bit because they found a new dinosaur that they classified as a carnosaur. And in doing that, it expanded who was in that umbrella again ah. to be a bit bigger than it was before. And actually okay. a little bit more inclusive, closer to how its old definition was. So this oh, is a very loosey-goosey kind of thing. I just don't use it. If I want to talk about allosaurs, I'll say... Let's talk about Allosauroidea, Allosaurs and its greater group of relatives. And mm -hmm. I'm not going to use carnosaur because it just could mean anything. So mm -hmm. carnosaurs had a floating meaning for a while. But the really funny part is if it is a Deinonychus and a T-Rex in this movie, neither of them are carnosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. So are we basing the idea that the smaller dinosaur in this movie is Deinonychus just based off of how it looks? Based on how it looks, based on how it kind of, I think, is filling the role of there has to be the T-Rex and there has to be the raptor in any movie. Oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a trope now. <laughs> it uses its foot claws to get people sometimes, which I feel like is yeah, claw related. And mm -hmm. because in just looking at the way people write about this movie, they call it that in retrospect. But I think oh, that's just—that's yeah. kind of just for lack of a better label. I feel like people just gravitated towards that, and it works for me. Mm -hmm. And technically, I guess they're all genetically modified chickens. Technically, yeah, I think that's what they were trying to say. The very intro, the very beginning intro of this movie is sort of just like chickens being processed to mm -hmm. be slaughtered. Mm -hmm. uh, which is jarring and disturbing, but does set a tone for the gore that's going to be in this movie. Yeah. Um, and then the, you know, the, the, the credits kind of superimposed in front of it, but they also keep mentioning there's like a, it looks like a data sheet or something on the screen. And it's like, Oh, yeah. you're crossing a chicken with an ostrich. Okay. Uh -huh. What about a chicken with a crocodile? Okay. What about, so it, it clues us in that they're doing something with genetics but I'm pretty sure because they paired everything with a chicken, that means that these dinosaurs that we end up with in this movie must have some chicken in them. Oh, yeah. And in fact, when they are processing some of the lab information from the dead bodies, they're saying, hmm, based on what we're seeing here from the saliva and all these other samples, this thing either recently ate a bunch of chickens or it is a chicken that killed oh, these people. Interesting. I must have missed that that detail yeah so at first they're okay, saying yeah. like and they're kind of laughing about it they're like what do you mean he was killed by a chicken yeah they're like because you know, they're, they're looking at the data and this one of the women who works at the facility looking at that information and trying to explain it to darpa is like i mean it's not a bobcat it says it's a chicken <laughs> so technically these are modified chickens and the thing that's so awesome about this david is that is literally what Jack Horner and his cronies are trying to do right now is to reverse engineer dinosaurs out of chickens. Wait, they're actually, they're actively trying to do that? Yes. That is I, I can't remember if we've talked about that on the podcast. I don't know where they're at right now. Horner is kind of like the figurehead for this, but he's not really a geneticist. He kind of just had this idea of how to do it, and he's kind of a figurehead spokesperson for it. And he helps to fund some of those efforts by getting grants for them. That's, at least yeah. that's my understanding. That's but, sort of like, oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, but he wrote a book, How to Build a Dinosaur, which I have a signed copy of. Maybe I'll put that on oh, the pod. Dope, humble brag, nice. Humble That's brag, awesome. yeah. <laughs> and in that book, he describes how by just changing the timing of gene expression in chicken embryos, we can reactivate basically these dinosaurian features that they still have buried in their genetic code. Since right. they are derived dinosaurs, if you just... Flick the switches a little differently. You can get them to grow teeth. You can get them to grow tails. Wow. And we actually have done that in the lab, but it messes with too many other things for these embryos to be viable. So at some point mm -hmm. in flicking all those switches, you affect something that messes with too much of the other systems of the body. And so far, I don't even think that's really been that much of an attempt, but you only kind of, you see it develop in vitro yeah. but it doesn't really go on to just walk around as a chicken dinosaur but something like right. that is completely plausible i it would it be reminds a chicken me, yeah but with dinosaur features 
it reminds me of the 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 version of this that i've heard before i hadn't heard that that they're trying to do that with chickens and, and create dinosaur attributes but i do know that there are efforts to bring woolly mammoths back and the way that they want to do that is essentially tweak the genes of like an indian elephant or an asian elephant or something and basically have a, a hairy elephant which is a mammoth basically um but it's the same kind of thing they're trying to tweak the the genetics of an elephant so that they keep its woolly coat and they want to i mean this i listened to a podcast about it podcasters listening to podcasts is very meta um but it, they basically were saying like, yeah, it wouldn't actually be a woolly mammoth because those are extinct uh-huh, and, right. you know, huh. we, we, we don't have John Hammond money. Um, no, but, but you know, with mammoths, because they have frozen specimens, it is like actually possible to clone a mammoth in theory. That's what this uh, podcast, it's called Science Versus. It's great. I recommend it to people. Um, but that's what this podcast was basically saying. They were like, we have DNA from woolly mammoths. Can we full-on uh-huh. jurassic park a woolly mammoth and the episode was basically like yeah kind of not really the technology is yeah. not there but we could make a woolly elephant Word. which is functionally uh-huh. a woolly mammoth i see <laughs> yeah i recently learned this is kind of just related to elephants that there was a elephant relative that is the largest mammal we have ever discovered and it now takes what? over from the Indricotheres, which are related to rhinos as the largest land mammals to ever live. Whoa. So it turns out that, yeah, elephants, largest land animals of today, one of its cousins was in fact, as far as we know, the largest land mammal that has ever lived. Ever. And Indricotheres are huge. They're huge. That's I know. crazy. It's so bigger think, than those. Wow. Yeah, it's more massive at least. I don't think it was as tall, but I think it weighed something oh. on the order of 20 tons. That's Dude. big. How do you, you can't, you, you, you're going to get arthritis if you weigh that much. Oh my gosh. Those joints. Oh man. They have padded feet. <laughs> they got, they've, got, they've all got Tempur-Pedic built they've into their Tempur-Pedic genetic feet. code. <laughs> oh my gosh. Imagine that. Just like, yes, I would like to be part iguana and part Tempur-Pedic mattress. <laughs> I will sleep comfortably no what? matter where I am. What an amazing kaiju you have just come up with. <laughs> oh, yeah. That thing, that thing would definitely take over the world. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Oh, man. Now, I, I actually had a, another science question for you about this movie because it, it brought up some interesting things. I'm glad we've talked about Carnosaur and its definition because I actually thought Carnosaur. Oh, no, wait. I'm thinking of Carnotaur. Mm. from the mm. disney uh-huh. dinosaur movie uh-huh. is is carnotaur a dinosaur yeah i mean it's a carnotaurus is a genus of a bellosaurid dinosaur and you can just kind of loosely call carnotaurus and maybe its closest relatives carnotaurs if you wanted uh-huh. so it'd be sort of like oh that's a ceratopsian ceratopsid it's kind of like that. It's even more specific than that, just a bit. Okay. The level of of taxonomic rank, basically like the how far out you're looking in terms of group size is equivalent to saying the abelosaurids. As you maybe could sense here, I was about to jump into a long tangent about taxonomic nomenclature. And upon listening back, I've decided... It's not worth including in the podcast. So we're going to go ahead and skip that. Sheesh. Sheesh evolution. <laughs> if only someone had designed it with some intelligence. I know. Come Dang. on. <laughs> what is this universe coming to? <laughs> but I know I've been talking at kind of a million miles per second. It's part of the reason is that I'm going to be traveling shortly and heading uh, back yes. to the Bay Area for the back, back holiday the season. And it's also coming up on Real Beasts Hatch Day. <gasps> Our Hatch Day. Oh, Ben, what should we get the podcast for its <laughs> Hatch Day? I would love to get it a bunch of new listeners. 
<laughs> can we get a gift card for that? Yeah. Well, uh, yes, I think we can get a gift card for it for sure. <laughs> Here's 50 new listeners. Oh, that would be several stupendous. of them come with sponsorships. <laughs> oh, wow. That would be great. Oh, man. I can't believe it's been almost. Yeah. We're just like, what, two weeks away from yeah the official one year anniversary maybe we'll plot uh, and scheme dang. a special hatch day episode that would be fun what would it be oh we can't let the listeners know Just now an autobiography of each of us for <laughs> it is an a, extra special extra long episode <laughs> a deep dive into chasmosorine <laughs> i promise you it won't be that yes well uh Honestly, if I only recently decided, I think I always knew, uh-huh. but I, it only recently came to light that Stegosaurus is my favorite dinosaur. Ooh. Um, just because like there's nothing else like it. So my question to you, sir, mm-hmm. are there other dinosaurs like Stegosaurus? Because that is one where I think about it and I'm like, okay, Triceratops has like, oh yeah, Diracosaurus. Uh-huh. It's got other you know, Ceratopsids. Ceratopsidae's. <laughs> there's Tyrannosaurus. There's theropods, which is uh-huh. also raptors. There's pterosaurs. There's lots of pterosaurs. Mm-hmm. There's Ankylosaurus and what's the other one? Edmontosaurus. Probably Edmontonia. Edmontonia. That's what I'm trying to think of. So armored dinos. Uh huh. Is there anything else like Stegosaurus, Ben? Well, David, it's your lucky day because just wait till I tell you about all the members of Stegosaurinae, Stegosauridae, Stegosauria, (laughs) of which there are many, and maybe one that I'll just throw out there so everyone can take a look at it, and maybe you'll get a kick out of it, is Kentrosaurus, which has big old spikes on its shoulders, and it looks dope. Oh, sick. Wait, I think I know this one. I think I've seen it before in pictures it's uh, very cool you know p- polaroids from 68 million years ago wait no they're jurassic aren't they they are good call oh, yeah i've learned a couple of things in this past year talking about this shit with you <laughs> and you know what additional thing we learned from tip tree today what else did we learn that the egg came before the chicken because she says which came first the chicken or the egg when she's talking to doc oh, yeah, and then she just right. goes the egg and just solves the eternal mystery. So we also know that. Doesn't, I forgot about that. Yeah, there are a couple of moments in this movie where amidst all the horror and the gore and the shocking nature of everything going on and just trying to fucking keep up with the plot or plots uh-huh. of this movie, there are certain lines that are absolutely hilarious, like that one. It's just like, which came first, chicken or the egg? The egg, obviously, you idiot. Where would a chicken come from before an egg? <laughs> Give me a break. Dang. Leave it to a geneticist to solve that one. (laughs) Yeah. So everyone can take away from this podcast something very applicable to their lives. We've solved that Uh mystery, and you now know to avoid all eggs if you want to survive. That's right. But here's the now here's the hard question. Was this a hard shell land-based egg with its own water supply? Or was this an egg that was pre that evolution and only could be laid in the water? Oh, the first eggs were certainly squishy. Aha! There we go. The amniotic egg was a much later development. Our own Dr. Tiptree over here going, of course it was in the water. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Who am I to have such confidence and hubris about this? No, I mean, obviously, actually, I'm pretty confident about that. Yeah, <laughs> man. All right. Well, what else do we have to say about Carnosaur? We kind of went off on a tangent, but that was a good tangent. I had fun. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much else. I think that I, uh, I was just trying to rein myself in. I think I probably, yeah, probably overtalked a little bit this time. But it's because I Never. feel the uh, the weight of time. The whole 60 million years. The whole they 60 said in the million movie. years since there were dinosaurs. She's probably referring to birds. That's well, what Well, that's was. another kind of neat thing is that this is a very birdie movie. There's very little, a birdie movie. very little reptile reference here. And I think it's kind mm-hmm. of interesting that 
both Jurassic Park and Carnosaur in 93 here are really going all in on the yeah. bird situation. Although I think because this is based on a book that came out in, in 1984 that was not that similar in plot and whose author kind of humorously and publicly, I don't know, decried that this was a silly, terrible movie. <laughs> but I don't think he That's really like, took offense to it. But it is something that came from that, but nevertheless converges on this very bird-centric messaging. Yeah. I think that this this movie does... It's really interesting how similar in retrospect it is to Jurassic Park. Mm -hmm. I think the bird connection, they're both based off of books. They both came out the same year. They both have someone from the Lad Dern family, <laughs> Diane Ladd and Lord Dern. Uh, it's amazing the connections. And I wonder if the producers making this movie, Carnosaur, hadn't heard that Jurassic Park was coming out and they'd taken their time to make this movie. I wonder how much better it would be. Yeah. Because they they basically admitted oh we heard jurassic park was coming out and we knew we could shoot ours faster yeah. and get it out there you know and like you said capitalize on the like dinosaur fanfare that's in the zeitgeist of yeah, 1993 totally. america uh -huh. but also you know basically move fast and make it shitty <laughs> or as cheaply yeah. and quickly as possible yeah and and yeah i mean there's another version of us in some multiverse out there where Jurassic Park is widely panned and ridiculed and the movie Carnosaur was the uh, earth-shattering success story of 1993. You know what was no. so funny is that I was looking up the Siskel and Ebert review video for oh. this movie. Uh-huh. And Gene Siskel gave it a thumbs up. He was like, I like this movie. It's wild. And like Tip Tree is great. And oh my God. Ebert said that it was the worst movie of 1993. <laughs> the worst movie of 1993. But the hilarious part is since Jurassic oh Park hadn't God. come out yet, they were just spitballing about the potential of what was to come in Jurassic Park. And Ebert's like, yeah, you know, Spielberg's got a bigger budget and better technology. So we could probably expect some, you know, slightly better dinosaurs in those. And I'm like, oh, man. wow, you do not know what's coming. <laughs> Roger Ebert had no idea. No clue. I mean, <laughs> unbelievable. I'm sure How they trusted How could anybody Spielberg. have any idea at the time, though? I mean. No. Because even if you think about Jaws, you know, like, the shark looks a lot more like the dinosaurs in this movie than it does the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park. Yeah. It's true. And it looks pretty good. Looks really good. And honestly, I, I, I do want to, again, call out that this movie's dinosaurs look pretty good. We watched that movie, ten, what was it, 10 million BC or oh, yeah. whatever the hell. The 100 million Which, BC. 100 million BC. That movie's dinosaurs looked like garbage. Yeah. Especially compared to these dinosaurs in this other shitty B movie. These ones looked pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, you know, they they went the whole nine yards and built a full size animatronic T Rex. Yeah, not I bad. Love it. You know, I love it. There were certain moments where it looked like they maybe had like, like at the in the final battle between the little bulldozers and the T Rex, it looked like they might have been like miniature sets and like yeah. miniature remote control bulldozers that they were driving mm -hmm. around. Mm -hmm. um, but it all looked great. You know, so if anybody out there is like, man, I've got a shitty idea for a movie, but no one will ever make it. Yes, they will. Someone will make just find the right person <laughs> who's like, here it is. Here's some money. Yep. Take this and, and make your thing. You know, just buy your crew pizza and, you know, the rest is make history. sure your crew is safe, obviously, because we're proponents of that on this yeah. show. <laughs> but, you know. Make your movie. It won't be as weird as most other movies out there. <laughs> it's astonishing how strange movies can be that still make it out into the world and are kind of entertaining. This movie 
only made $1.8 million, but at the time and considering its budget, that was actually okay. And it seemed like the strategy for releasing wow. right before Jurassic Park kind of worked mm -hmm. and it spawned yeah. sequels. And yeah. you look back at it as being a pretty crappy B movie, but I, I actually kind of liked it. I kind of liked it too. It was confusing. It was crazy, but it felt like a lot of the great, you know, slasher B horror movies of the eighties. You don't want it to be good necessarily. That's not what you're watching it for. You're watching it for some entertainment and some fun and some gore and some, you know, weird eighties misogyny. I guess you have to deal with that too. But like, this was a fun movie. I think it was good. Yeah. I amazingly in the middle of seeing it, I may might not have said that, but when I really thought about it, I'm like, yeah, Carnosaur, a movie that I've been thinking about watching for probably like 26 years. Mm -hmm. And I think I may have watched it at some point, but I don't remember. And perhaps I just watched the initial scene with the chickens in the factory, like getting slaughtered and stuff. And I think that I might've stopped watching it there when I was a kid. It's a pretty jarring intro and yeah. entry and entry point into this movie yeah i mean keep in mind jurassic park is pg-13 this movie is r yeah so this movie goes Hard for it where yeah. jurassic park is not never even attempts to go too far jurassic park is obviously better in pretty much every way but this movie definitely is uh scarier i think yeah jurassic park is not better in having of lord dern's mom that that is true it is only better in having laura dern <laughs> <laughs> but with that david i think perhaps we can put a bow on carnosaur this fun bizarre movie a nice holiday bow a holiday bow and we will return sometime around real beast hatch day yeah yeah this is probably our last episode of the year but Man, we'll be back, y'all, because this is too much fun. Thank you all so much for joining us and listening to us yammer on about mostly nonsense, but every once in a while, incredibly insightful topics. Um, we appreciate every single one of you who joins us for Real Beasts. And uh, yeah, happy holidays. Happy New Year. We'll catch you on our hash day. Hash day? On our hatch day. Maybe it'll be a hash day Different too. kind of day. <laughs> <laughs> Our hash browns day. There we oh, go. yeah. I want some of that. Can't those. wait for that. <laughs> Man. We'll take care, everyone, and we'll see you on the other side of the eggshell. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect.